Hello, and welcome to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Ritma. Here, we believe success is inevitable and everything is possible. On each episode, we get real about the entrepreneurial journey and look at what it means to lean into your intuition, feel in alignment with your business, have coffee with resistance, and trust in abundance. We answer the tough questions. How can we show up authentically in business, with integrity in relationships, deeply seeking in our spiritual practice, and with grace in motherhood and beyond? This podcast celebrates the anti-hustle, healing from toxic productivity, prioritizing rest, and discovering tools that will support both your healing and business growth journeys. Your time and energy are precious resources, so thank you for being here. Your presence is a gift, and your business is thanking you. Get ready to get real, get honest, and keep growing. Hello, and welcome back to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Ritma, and I'm so excited for today's conversation. I've been having some of the coolest conversations lately. I put the energy out there in the last quarter that I really wanted to call in sort of the next chapter. Um, I was feeling a lot of growth, a lot of growth edges, and I was just wanting to talk to cool people. And I put that out there, and the coolest people have come through. And I'm so excited to be sharing some of them with you on the pod, Madeline being one of them, because to me, this is just so inspiring and so helpful and so supportive to you, the listener, to learn about what it is Madeline's going to talk to us about today. So before I introduce her, Madeline White Silva is the CEO of Hello 7 Figure Freedom. She has a unique perspective on how to rapidly scale businesses into seven figures and beyond without the constant hustle that discourage and burn out so many visionary CEOs and transformational leaders. And it all starts with creating 10K, 25K, or even 50K of steady, reoccurring monthly revenue that shows up even when the CEO is working or away. Her unique scaling perspective is rooted in real-life entrepreneurial experience, taking businesses from startup on a shoestring budget, say that five times fast, to multi-million dollar sellable assets. Obviously, after hearing that, you know why she's here. I have personally been really um, inspired by you and talking to you and challenged by you, which I have to say is rare for me to meet someone as quick and as tapped in and tuned in as you are. So thank you for being here. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Krista. I'm so excited. I feel the same way about you. I mean, it's just been so much fun to firing off. Mm-hmm. And just having that back and forth and quick and easy and, and really being on the same page and fast thinkers, strategic thinkers and entrepreneurial yeah. mind, just super inspiring. It's so cool to see your success and your real expertise because I feel like our our expertises or genius zones are very complementary of each other. And I think oftentimes confused also with each other. So I find a lot of the times that people hiring me are looking for more of that, like offer creation, ecosystem structure, operations, 
experience, whereas I'm here to market and launch the thing. And as we were talking about earlier, a lot of people who come to you are like, well, why aren't we scaling or launching? And it's like, well, I'm doing (laughs) the business and the structure and the organization. And so it's actually two different things. Um, There's the back end and the front end. And I have restaurant experience. And so in in the restaurant business, it's the back of the house and the front of the house. It's the people, you know, making the food and the people serving the food and making sure they keep ordering more. And that's us. It's like so fun. And so I can't wait to dive in with you because you're talking about one of my favorite things, which is recurring revenue. But before we go there, can you share some more about yourself, some more context? I know a lot of my listeners will be meeting you for the first time. Something about your journey experience to really anchor us in that feels important to say before we start. Yeah, I mean, I would say this. I feel like I'm born entrepreneur. You know, I literally would buy bags of candy and bring them home and sell them itemized candy by candy to just the kids in 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 the neighborhood. You know, my summer break in a tent in my parents' front yard. Okay, like so, I was just grown up like this. My dad had his own business, and I'm just deeply just love entrepreneurship. I feel like it's my art form, it's my passion, it's how I think, and um, yeah, and just super passionate about it. And so. I built a bunch of businesses and sold a couple of them and just had gone through the whole gamut of all the emotional roller coasters that we go through and the professional roller coasters and the feast and famine of entrepreneurship. And so I, I love, I love what we do. And I oftentimes compare entrepreneurship of jumping out of a 20 story building and hoping you can build a plane on the way down before you crash and burn, you know, there's a level of risk taking here that it's really intense. And, and then just a tremendous amount of growth that comes from entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I just feel like it's a spiritual endeavor in a lot of ways and that our businesses grow in direct proportion to how much we are willing to show up and grow ourselves and and to really take it on like that, it's it's where really the growth happens both in the business and in our personal lives. And um, so I'm just super passionate about about being an entrepreneur and helping other entrepreneurs being super successful. It's so refreshing, and I like mean this with so much sincerity. Like it could bring tears to my eyes hearing your passion mm-hmm. and your excitement for business and entrepreneurship because. I think that for me, in many ways, and what I really see in you and why I'm so inspired is like it like lights that spark in me because it can get lonely and it can get, like you said, the feast or famine of entrepreneurship. But I was just in the past couple of days even having this like reawakening of I can't believe I have nine back-to-back calls all waiting to have a strategy session with me versus like my calendar stacked. I'm not going to, you know, it's like, I'm so grateful and I get to be on these calls and I'm in flow. I'm super present. It's like the most spiritual experience because we're so present. And I love that you say that because I say that too. And so just your your reflection about entrepreneurship, I feel is very refreshing because at our core, I think a lot of the entrepreneurs feel that way, but because of, you know, circumstance or burnout or, you know, all of this pressure that comes along with it, we can forget 
that we actually really like it and we like the intensity and we like the risk and like, let's lean into that more. Absolutely. I mean, you know, and of course we have our good and bad days, you know, and, and I think that that's why I love being in the trenches with CEOs because you're right. It gets really lonely on the top and you don't really have a lot of people to talk to. I mean, the beginning of my business, I used to talk to my team, which then really distorted my relationship to my team. So, you know, it took, this was a learning curve to get familiar with who I can share openly about my journey, but we all need those people. We need to be, have people in our corner that we can borrow people's perspective and lift us up when we are in the dumps. It is a roller coaster. It's not always easy. And I, I always say, you know, the, the, the people that are really successful in entrepreneurship, it's not that they are smarter. They don't have better contacts. They're not richer. They, it, they mostly just have grown the capacity of what the journey takes. Mm-hmm. And, and I think in a lot of ways that is when you have that capacity and you're able to show up in the moment, like you say, being present for that moment and not taking things for granted and knowing where to put your effort into, that is what makes the difference in the long run, you know, but nobody gets to the top without failing forward. Not a single person. I know. And I think that can be so hard because it's all we see is the success, you know? And, and so I try and remind my clients too, like the comparison is like, it's not even real what they're comparing themselves to. And we all are on our own journeys. And for every super mega successful seven figure launch you see, there's at least three launches that totally tanked and went totally wrong. And we're not hearing those stories. We're hearing about, oh, I launched this seven-figure company. Like, that's easy, but it's not. And it can be. And there's great strategies and there's great mentors out there. And I think what you're offering is really powerful. And that's what I want to talk about next because it's been, it's funny that your whole shtick is reoccurring mark or reoccurring revenue. Because, and anybody that is listening and knows what I've been on my kick about lately is reoccurring revenue. And so for the last six months, we have identified a hole in our business. We had zero recurring revenue. I have one 12-month container, um, but it's not monthly. It opens once a year. Like it's not the model that is sustainable for a reoccurring revenue model. And, and I realized this when I was looking at a client's um, back end and her offer suite. And she has built with an amazing following, a hundred dollar a month offer. So very easy, um, very attainable for many people to afford that and has a thousand members. And I'm like, she's making a hundred thousand dollars a month on just, and it was like this moment of, oh my God, Where's our reoccurring revenue? I've spent the last decade of my life helping my clients build their reoccurring revenue models. And here I am doing 90-day projects until the cows come home. And so just this week, which is so auspicious that I'm speaking to you, we've launched our Authentic Business Collective, our community membership to create reoccurring revenue for my business and a low-ticket entry point for my customers and clients. It's such a win-win. And I've been screaming MRR from the rooftops for the last month. And here you are, the absolute expert in reoccurring revenue. So I would love to hear your spiel on this, why you've gone so hard on this, 
why it's so important. Like help me help everyone understand why this is like the best thing we can do for our business right now. Yeah, well, there comes a point, right, in our business, once you kind of prove in the concept that you have something that people want and you're selling it and people are stepping in the door and they want to work with you. Well, that's all great. I mean, that's startup business. We're excited about that. That's a big win. But then it comes a point where you as a solopreneur, you can't keep doing the thing and all the things and wear all the hats. You know, I'm a hat person, so I wear lots of hats. But still, um, but you can't really do all the work yourself. You need to bring in people to help you. You need different strategies. You need to look at your business differently. The truth is what got you that startup success is not get, going to get you to seven figures. It's not going to scale mm-hmm. your business into the multi-seven or even eight figures. It's just not going to happen. You have to change a lot of pieces. I think and we just need to reiterate that right there. A lot of my clients and a lot of us are stuck on the thing that got us here because that was the thing that got us successful, but it's not going to get us to the next stage. And I think that's the growth edge that we meet a lot of our clients in is it's like, but this was working until it wasn't. Exactly. So that moment that I call this uh, the freedom switch moment, because there is actually a moment when Mm -hmm. there's momentum in your business. When you first started it, you're starting to see the momentum. Things are growing and it's exciting and you Mm -hmm. feel like, okay, I'm I'm making it like it's happening. And that moment is one of the most crucial moments in your business. Most people then just hustle harder. They just work harder, do more of the same. And in the end, what you end up doing is just burning yourself out because you're trying to run faster and faster. But the boulder, you know, that boulder you've been pushing uphill this whole time as you were building your business has now creased the top and it's rolling downhill. And you're just trying to catch up. You're just trying to run after it, trying to make sure that you're actually catching up to that boulder. Right. And it's and and literally it's coming away from you. And a lot of people will blow their businesses up at this stage. Because they don't have the systems, they don't have the team, they don't have the support they need to actually sustain the growth that is now happening. They blow up the businesses and they back on the other side of the hill, pushing the boulder back up. Because now you have to regroup, you have to replan, and then you have to start the startup process over again. And the startup is, you know, getting the rocket in the air. It takes 80% the effort to get, you know, 20% the, the, the rewards and it's, a lot of freaking work. And so most entrepreneurs make this cycle over and over again. They just get stuck in that startup hustle mode. And most of the time it's because they are terrified of investing in team. They are terrified of slowing down the marketing cycle um, to actually build out the systems they know they need to sustain the business and make it easier on them because they do not have recurring revenue. And so they started every month at zero to make the enough money to cover the bills and make a living and the feast and famine. And on top of that, in the online world, this just throw some gasoline on this fire and decide that we're going to run a business on launch models where we put all our eggs into one basket and we make, you know, and like work our booties off for a short period of time, trying to make hundreds of thousands of dollars so we can sustain ourselves the rest of the year. And if we don't, we are basically just scrambling and maybe have to lay people off and, you know, feel like failures. I mean, the amount of pressure, it's like the perfect storm, right? And so I feel this like is- you just described my entire life. 
I feel so seen. And I think that's like, this is such a collective entrepreneurial pain point dilemma. And it's one that I've walked through, not gracefully, but I now am on the other side with a team, with having scaled. And I see the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm not there, but I can see the light. I can see it. I can feel it. My bank account can feel it. It's happening. I'm out of the red. But having to have the self-trust to go into the red in order to make some of these growth investments that I knew I needed to make was such a scary decision. And I didn't have recurring revenue there. Like I'm literally processing this as I'm realizing like I had to make that decision to go into the red to scale and just self-trust that we could do it. And luckily we could. But had I had some recurring revenue in place, that would have been a non-issue. So it's like now's the time. Like now's the time to build that model first is what you're saying. Exactly. So Mm -hmm. at the moment when you start feeling that momentum, like you have something, people are buying it it's working, you know, you have some marketing and sales wins and things are starting to roll and things are starting to pick up steam. That's the moment where you need to start developing an offer that gives you recurring revenue. And the goal is I like to set three different financial goals. Basic, just like, what do I need to keep the doors open? What do I need to just pay the bills, right? To, to keep the doors open on my business. What is that? That's the very first goal you want to set for recurring revenue. Like we're not looking for a hundred thousand dollars out the bat. We might be looking for five or ten k. Mm-hmm. That's a really great starting point. But yeah, once ten k is usually my goal that I help my clients hit. That's like the first, the first success metric. Yeah, and just recurring revenue. So you have that. You know that money is going to come in twelve months if you're showing yeah. up in your business or not. If you're off drinking peanut coladas with your feet in the sand, it's still coming in. Mm-hmm. Like that is such a game changer for your whole nervous system and also being able to think strategically. Cause when we are constantly just reacting to things coming at us in our businesses, we're not making strategic decisions. Mm-hmm. We're not, we're not thinking smart about our business. We're not, we're not making the right decisions a lot of times. And so all those times where you feel like you invested in the wrong things in your business, you have a failed launch, you know, you, all the things that we do and we like waste a bunch of money along the way. I've done it. I know all of these things because I lived it. You know, it's not like I'm not, you know, I'm not, it's not like I'm, you know, I literally lived all of this just like everybody else have, you know, and I made all these mistakes. Usually it's because we're not making smart decisions and we're not having the bandwidth Mm -hmm. to think strategically about our business because we're in such survival mode. And the reality is, is that I see people at this level, like I see people struggling with survival, even at seven figures like this. Like if you didn't don't solve the recurring revenue problem now, I cannot tell you so many people that I walk into in the multi six and even seven figures are still just in hustle mode because they never solved enough recurring revenue in their business. So we are looking for first, just hit that basic next Luxury. Luxury is like a little bit of extras. You know, what is the luxury both for lifestyle and also for your business? Like, what are the next thing you need to invest in? Let's get your recurring revenue to cover those expenses. So if you need team, let's make sure you have enough recurring revenue that you can cover your expenses with your payroll. Mm-hmm. And then build on that into your legacy what level. What a concept. Covering your payroll with your reoccurring expenses. Yeah. 
And this is what you're doing every day, like helping people like with not massive followings, by the way, we're talking couple thousand warm, engaged audience members, which I think most people listening can have, or it feels easy. You know, there's a path to get there. You know, that's it. And and that's one thing I love about this model too, is even looking at um, the client that I was speaking to earlier, who I realized had a thousand members, like that has been built over a very long time. And what was so interesting to me was in my head, she has a hundred thousand followers. 1% had to buy. She has a hundred thousand engaged people. Like she has a big email list. We had a hundred thousand engaged. One percent had to buy, and that's a hundred thousand dollars a month pillar of revenue. And they're just paying a hundred bucks a month. Like it's so awesome to see this work. And I'm seeing it work. You're obviously seeing it work. And I think the biggest question I have, actually, I want you to get through the lug- luxury because there's one more that I want you to share. And then I'm going to come back to ask this question because yeah, I want so, you to get through the third one. Yeah, no problem. So the next one is legacy. And legacy is really, you know, where we really start looking at, you know, where, because we build our businesses. When you first start your business, right, we get into it with inspiration. We have a vision of what we want to create. And I find so, so much along the way in that, you know, pushing the boulder uphill and running after it as it go down the hill and then starting over, over and over again, just deflates our inspiration, right? It just feels like dish rags at the side, you know, at just squeezed so mm-hmm. thin. Um, and and so there's this moment where we really need to start tapping back into our vision. It's so important. And this is why I run my business on three-day work weeks, because I know as a visionary, I need tons of spaciousness to actually just be, not even thinking about business. Because, I mean, obviously my brain is an entrepreneurial brain, so it's always running in the background wherever I am or wherever I go. And there is this, but there is also this moment where like, you know, like tonight I'm going to go and hang out with my husband who is a musician. He's playing at a local venue here in Austin. And we're going to be hanging out with some friends. They're going to come over. Like I have a lot of spaciousness to do fun things. Wait, so you have a life? Is that what you yes. said? You are a successful entrepreneur with a life. I know it's amazing, isn't it? Well, I would say I mean, one. It is. And well, I would say too, though. Like I would say this: I'm not a mother. Like I never became a mom. Like I don't have kids. And I would say this to me: the superheroes of the world of the entrepreneurs that are successful and has a life and has kids. I mean, that's like next level. Well, that's I have like, two out of the three. I have a lo- I have a business and a kid, but no life. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's what I mean. Like, you know, so, so I get to have a life because I ch- chose to have fur babies, right? Sure. Basically, you know, puppies. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. I love the way you break it down. It just feels, I think, you know, you, we've talked about this, up and down of entrepreneurship and the waves and the self-trust and the spirituality. Like it just takes a lot to really succeed and and live day in and day out as an entrepreneur. And, and I feel really like connected in that way. And so I find that the biggest, you know, the biggest, there's a lot of things, but two things, one, how vulnerable we are about it. And so it becomes emotional. It becomes personal. We get into our egos, but the way you break it down it's like basic luxury legacy. Where are we going? It's very strategic and it just allows you to switch into a different part of your brain. The other thing I wanted to just note or unpack or speak to is I 
to feel like it's hard to turn off the entrepreneurial brain. And as somebody that seems like you do have a thriving life outside, I would just like to know as somebody that's very much in the weeds right now in my business, um, in the scaling, I feel like I've made the right decisions, but I'm not on the other side. And so how you really, when it is something you're this passionate about, but you know the other end is burnout if you go too far. Like how you advise your clients, the me's in the world, to really like embrace that time, like a three-day work week, to have the space to just think and create and process. Like I can't even imagine how that would feel and yet still have the entrepreneurial. It's like you're walking this really beautiful balance. Like what is your practice in doing that? Mm, yeah. Well, so usually the very first thing I tell my clients to do is to take a three-day weekend or extend long weekend every single month and to take a short trip every every single quarter and take at least a two-week completely unplugged vacation every year. Wow. And that you put that on your calendar first and then you schedule everything around it. Mm-hmm. And what a, different, what a shift in perspective. Yeah, you know, you might have read the book Profit First. I don't know mm-hmm. if you're familiar. Yeah. But it's a similar idea, I think, is to switch it around where you actually put in the boulders of the spaciousness first. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how more efficient we get because we're not constantly in the hustle mode. You know, the hustle and the, the rushing and constantly switching from one thing to the next, we are losing momentum and speed when we do that. It's always better to block, you know, an hour or two to, to like get into a project. Like if I have a big project mm-hmm. I need to get done in a short amount of time. Uh, well, for one thing, I only do about three projects every quarter. That's it. Mm-hmm. I don't do a lot of big projects all at once. So I c- try to keep it quite one to three at the tops mm-hmm. every quarter. And, and then if I have those projects, I usually just schedule a time every week where I work on them. Mm. Time blocking. Time blocking has been... I do it too. I need to be stricter, but it's really the only thing I found that works. Yeah. And then I would just, and just really looking at, you know, when I'm on, I'm on. And when I'm off, I'm off completely. Like I'm not constantly plugged in. Yeah, You need to create that disconnect and also just block enough times, like to the point where, Hey, I need to pay the bills. I don't pay the bills every day. I pay them maybe once a month or I... Right set it all up or I review finances once a month. So I have systems in place that I run periodically that just allows me that spaciousness. It also allows me to have a clean mind. My mind is not constantly cluttered with 500 thoughts at once um, because I know this came in the mail. I need to address that. Okay, great. I do that on Wednesdays right? between nine and two or whatever the time is, right? And I put it there in the pile. And when I when it's Wednesday, I look at it and address it and deal with it. And so having that kind of structure really helps. And of course, just to combine the, when you do client calls, like I have very specific schedules and times when I do client calls um, and just have that on a calendar. It's really, you know, it's really inspiring, I think, to see somebody succeeding in both areas because I, I sometimes feel like there, I, something's going to have to give or, you know what I mean, that that energy, which I don't like. I want to have it all. And so I really like the leaning into and leading with the spaciousness. That's like such a great – I always feel like on every episode there's this 
awesome shift in perspective. It's like these mini shifts in how we see the world. And I'm literally going to do that. Like I'm going to take that idea of leading with that. And I couldn't imagine putting a week on my calendar once a year. Like let's do this. Let's walk this. And so I think too what you're speaking to and having the structure is obviously your genius zone. So makes sense that you'd be really great at it. And that is the answer really to the question that I was asking you or was planning to ask you was now when my clients come to me, our clients come to me, it's usually when they're in this momentum. So why would they pause to then invest money at this point when they're like gaining momentum, right? Like why invest at that point? And I think that's the hard conversation or like the barrier to entry. It's like, but I'm doing, it's harder to convince people who are doing really well that they need structure systems and marketing versus people who have already burned out. Like those people are like, I need this. I should have done this years ago. But for the people that are actually in the sweet spot of needing us the most, they, it's hard to see. And I think what you just spoke to is like, but don't you want spaciousness? Like, now is the time to create that or your life as busy as it is, is just going to get busier. And that was my question is how do you convince somebody who is seeing that momentum, seeing that success, that now is the time to create these systems and processes, even if it means like slowing down? Yeah. So, you know, I love sales. Absolutely love it. And um, I don't convince anybody of anything. I don't think I have that power. And so, you know, I, I think that unfortunately us humans, I say this about myself all the time, you know, I'm a, I'm a very slow learner. I usually have to fail a few times before I learn. And, you know, I just think that sometimes humans, I just, that's just what we are in the middle of, you know? And so I think it's really hard to convince people if they don't see the problem themselves and they don't see the issues that they are faced with. Um, but here's the thing, there was a reason why they called you. Mm-hmm. right? There's a reason they reach out to you. So I think it's really important to really look at things from their perspective. So I always say, you know, the reason people hate sales so much is usually because they they have they have somebody sitting on one side of the fence and they on the other side of the fence and they say, hey, the grass is greener over here. You really need to get over over here. And that kind of conversation when we're trying to convince somebody that the grass is greener over here is usually what makes it all kind of convoluted and difficult in the conversation for both parties, right? Because we've both been been on those sides. Um, but what you re- we really need to do more of is stepping us on the other side of the fence and actually sitting shoulder to shoulder with our clients mm. and looking at the problem that they are seeing out there in the world and having a conversation about that problem and see if we can understand it from that point of view and what they really see they want to get solved. Mm-hmm. Now, when you start doing that, you start building rapport, connection, they start feeling seen and heard. And now there's this much easier way to go, hey, yeah, I see what you are seeing. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, what are some things that you've tried solving this? Well, you know, I fertilize this grass, it's still brown. You know, I, you know, I, I have a gardener, they can't figure it out or whatever. They start telling you all the things they've done. You said, cool. And then you're just like, it's easy then to just slide in. Well, I have a solution. Yeah. Because now you have already a line about what the problem is. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes in sales conversations, we just talk too much. We try to tell people what we want them to see. And I definitely talk too much in my sales calls. Yeah. 
I definitely talk too much. It's like a, um, I'm doing sales calls. I'm really getting like back in the game. I'm doing sales calls, um, for a friend's startup I was telling you about and helping with their strategy. And so I love the platform. I love the product, easy to sell. Um, but I am just noticing myself, you know, just talking a little too much and it's really the art of listening is like, what sales is and great storytelling. And it's just been a really cool process to like zoom out a little bit because when it's our own company, it can just feel so personal. And so it's less exciting versus like taking a sales call for my friend's product. It's like not about me. I'm not selling myself. If he says no, it's not a personal rejection on me. So I'm like allowing myself to like, you know, branch out and be a little more I don't know, just aggressive with my tactics and with my speaking. And it's just been a really fun process to learn and then listen to you speak about sales. Like I love it too. Um, it's relationship building. It's like the coolest thing. I never ask for the sale. That's always my thing. It's just, here's the next steps, you know, and there's no asking for the sale anymore. And so I just find everything that you've shared to be so poignant. I wrote down like eight sound bites that I want to use because this is so important. I want everyone, I mean, also too, speaking about the sales, like if you're a life coach, if you're a healing coach, whatever it is that you do, and we're trying to convince people of the problem, like that's just, there's such a shift in perspective there to like meet them there and hear their problems and then offer the solution that's such great advice no matter what it is we're selling. And I just feel like you're just such a wealth of information. My last question was actually who inspires you and like who keeps you motivated and, you know, so in the game and on top of things as you are. Yeah. You know, you know, so to just in total transparency, I just want to let everybody know, you know, I don't have my shit together all the, all the time. Right. Like, I, I mean, let's be totally honest. I'm an entrepreneur. I do in the best I can every day too. You know, like I don't feel like I finally arrived somewhere. Let's just be totally right. honest. You know? Like, I, yeah. Yeah. No, like, you know, like I, I, I literally had a launch this year where I spent $25,000 building all the asset and had ran 500 people through it and didn't like zero calls, like not even a, a call booked. Right. I then turn around and, and figure something else out. So we all just right. all we in this game. And like I said before, successful people don't necessarily have it all together. It's just, it, there's a different level of capacity of managing the stress of it all that I think is really the, the, the shift in perspective. And the people that m motivates me and keeps me on track is that I have colleagues so I have a referral network. Um, we actually call it the Wise Women uh, Referral Network that Stop. with my colleagues um, that are just the most amazing women that I just started inviting people to sit at my table because I wanted, I wanted that peer review and I wanted to be able to tap into somebody else's perspective when I needed it. And so I have those people that I can call and, and pick up the phone and go, hey, like, this is what's going on. And so that is really nice to have, to be able to tap into somebody else's perspective. And then I would say, you know, the, the other inspiration I get out of is just tapping into other passionate entrepreneurs that I get to talk to every day and like connecting with you and your inspiration and how passionate you are about your business and how passionate you are about 
but entrepreneurship, that's super fun for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I do a lot of that, like connecting with people. And I would also say that my husband is badass. He's a, he's a total rock star. He plays music. He's a musician. He's a cool as a cat. He's just even Steven. And he's my anchor. And so, you know, we do a lot of fun. We travel a lot. We see tons of live music all the time here in Austin. And, and that is just the grounding. And we have a really amazing community of people here. So it's not just one thing. You know, it's like the whole ecosystem, like you talk about marketing, right? This is also my ecosystem Mm -hmm. of keeping myself engaged. And so I think the biggest thing for entrepreneurs is to not do the wolf, the lone wolf syndrome, where we're just working on our own, you know, when we are out there on our own as entrepreneurs and not really having support in our business. You need to be with peers who understand what entrepreneurship is. And preferably people who are a couple of steps ahead of you. And this is why it's important to tap into communities. This is why we invest in mentorship. I invested mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in membership in, in mentorship over the years. I still have tons mm-hmm. of mentors on my, um, you know, that I work with every single day. And it's so important to have that so that you can borrow somebody else's perspective when you need it, or you can have a space we can go and unpack the thoughts and the the things that that are swarming in your brain and kind of get perspective and then get back in the game. So going back and forth has just been a game changer. And there's one more thing. And I would say this. So I meditate every day Mm -hmm. and um, that is a game changer. It's just, you know, I go to the gym a couple of times a week. I lift lots of weights, heavy weights. I do functional weight training, which has been a game changer for me as well. Really getting, uh, you know, just getting like, it's just, getting all the stress out, it turns my brain off. You know, I can't think in the gym. I just lift weights and then coming home and doing the meditation every day and just kind of slowing my brain down so that when I step into my day, so it's all these things that we do. It's not just your tools, your community. It's also important. I just, um, I couldn't agree more about the community and I'm so glad that you named that about peer review. Um, I invest most of my dollars that I have to invest in mentorship. And that's what's moved the needle for me more than anything else. And now getting to be a mentor, I just started mentorship this year. I have four women in it. They're exactly the kind of women I want to support. And it's just like around and around we go. And it's so beautiful. And I'm just so grateful for your perspective and for everything that you've shared. I'm really excited to work more with you. So you know, just a tease, we're going to be collaborating on something that you guys will be hearing about very soon. Like this comes out next week and you'll probably be hearing about this at least next week, if not the week after. And so, um, I'm like all in on everything you've shared and more than you can know. I just resonate so deeply. My last question is if what your prayer is really for those people who come across your ecosystem, work with you, learn from you. What is your prayer hope goal for your future clients? (laughs) Yeah, it's really to build profitable and sustainable businesses, right? Profitable in the sense that you have enough money to have financial freedom, time freedom, but also creative freedom. So that's spaciousness, sustainability, a sustainable lifestyle for you. And, and to really living your true passion, Like, I just feel like we all have a unique gift 
that we bring into the world. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, we turn that into our businesses. And so really tapping into what is the vision? What is the transformation that you want to leave here? You know, what if we all could leave everything on the table once we're gone? You know, like that's always my wish for myself too, is that I want to, I want to know I've been used up fully by the time I'm gone. You know, I just want to say I want everyone hates it when I say this and now I'm going to say it on the podcast and it just grosses everyone out. But I say, I really want to like suck the marrow from life, (laughs) you know, and just know that I like got every last drop of like this human experience. So I just resonate with you so much. And um, I know people are going to be wondering where they can learn more because you are so cool. Um, can you give us like your high level calls to action? We'll be putting links in the show notes, but like where a great place to start is to learn more, to find you, to drop in, because I know a lot of people are probably going to be interested in where to get more. Yeah. So the best place to tap in is really to join me at the seven figure freedom podcast. Cool. So which is really it's really, it's mostly a solo show. I have a few guests coming in. I'm sure Chris, you'll be there soon, but, but mostly it's a solo show. And I really just share a lot of our scaling strategies and how I see the world and, and business in general and talking about what it is that we do. So that's a really good place to kind of tap in and learn more about what we are and kind of just learn more about business and scaling and recurring revenue and building that life that you really want. And of course, um, jump onto our website, hello7figurefreedom.com um, and check it out. There's a couple of really cool call to actions on there for you to tap a little bit deeper if you want to connect with us and end up on our email list and stay in contact. Yes. And if you are interested in diving even deeper after listening to this, we are going to be partnering on a project to support people in creating their perfect recurring revenue um, and then launching it with my help. So if you want to know more about that, just shoot me a DM or an email and I'll get you all the deets and we'll chat and talk more. But in the meantime, I just want to thank you for coming. I think you're just the coolest and I know everyone just is feeling so inspired, so motivated and um, yeah. This was really honest and I appreciate you so much. Oh, thank you so much. Great to connect with you, Krista. So happy to be here. So good. Thank you guys for joining. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wherever you are, you are the best for listening. Leave us a review if you loved it. And until next time.